0: Everybody has a fastball, everybody has something that if they just develop it, if they just put everything they can, everything they have into that gift, that thing that they're already great at, that they can be the best in the world at it.
1: This is the 20 at 20 podcast, where I, Bryce Betzer host, have 20 minute conversations with industry leaders about what advice they would give their 20 year old selves. Yo, welcome back to the 20 at 20 podcast, episode number six. Thanks so much for sticking with me. I really appreciate it. If you haven't already subscribed, definitely be sure to subscribe. And it should be another great episode. I'm super excited to have this super motivational public speaker on the other line. We have Khalif Asagai. Khalif, how's it going? Going great, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on. So could you just give the listeners an, an idea of what you do business-wise. I, I know I saw that you were on the um, Sacramento's, was it 40 under 40? So what what do you do to get on that list?
0: Yeah, so at that time, that was in 2013 or 14, I think. And at that time, I had just started a lobbying firm where I was representing some uh, major nonprofit clients before the California legislature. So by training, I'm an attorney. I went to school at UC Davis and then the law school at UCLA. And um, yeah, I was just being celebrated for starting that business, growing it quickly, and becoming a player in Sacramento's public policy market.
1: Are you still practicing law, or what are you what are you focusing on now?
0: So now I'm a motivational speaker. I transitioned from um, doing policy to doing speaking. So I speak in schools, students ages K through 12, and then I colleges. Um, I also speak at colleges, and I also speak at companies to sell teams and that kind
1: of thing. I definitely remember your speech at IPD Sacramento. That had to have been four, three or four years ago now, but it was impactful. And I know you have an interesting story of, of how you became a motivational speaker. So could you just briefly touch on that so the listeners have a better idea of what you do?
0: Yeah, for sure. So with respect to that um, business that I started in 2014, It was really a shock to me. Um, I was just kind of lost in life and looking for direction and trying to figure out what I really wanted to do. And starting a business wasn't one of the things on that list, but an opportunity popped up to represent the California Public Defenders Association. And I had some experience in um, criminal law. I worked for a public defender in law school and studied criminal law in law school. And so I went out for it and lo and behold, they actually awarded me the contract And uh, I beat out people who were much older than me, who had much more experience than me, but I really sold them on my passion for the work. But the scariest thing ever happened, which is that I actually got it, and then I had to figure out how to take this one client and build a business. Because until then, I had been an employee, so it was just like, all right, wait, now it's all on me? You know, this is something I wasn't prepared for. So I dove into personal development and started listening to, you know, audios every day, uh, reading, Um, And just really trying to figure out how do I make myself better to make uh, this business work. And at the same time, one of the things I realized is that I had um, a pretty bad drug problem over years of addiction, just built up a lot of traumas and and, uh, unfortunate things happened in my life. And I had to get, I had to kick that as well. So I'm growing myself, I'm getting sober, I'm listening to all these videos and And I realized, everybody's telling me that I can have whatever I want. I can have whatever I want. I can be whatever I want. And I had to ask myself, if I wanted an ideal life, would my ideal life be living in Sacramento, being a lobbyist? And the answer was absolutely not. It's like, I want to live at the beach. I want to be able to travel. I don't want to be on a traditional schedule. Like, there's no way I would choose this life. Um, And then I saw that there's people online who were making money speaking and I figured well I'm really great at that I do that as a I do public speaking all the time as a part of my business so why don't I try to be a motivational speaker and um, I guess we're four years later I speak full-time I live at the beach I surf often I have I have exactly what I wanted that day and so
1: now that's the story I tell. Such a great story for sure so you, I know you surf op- often but you still have a busy schedule so could you just walk us through the daily routine of, of what you're doing and how you're focusing on your business?
0: Yeah, sure. So, um, my daily routine, I wake up, pray, meditate, uh, visualize, and uh, after my visualization, uh, generally I'll do some affirmations or write down my goals, workout, um, which is usually a bike ride or a run and then hit the coffee shop. And, um, I train and work generally seven to five, seven to six, um, with some, decent breaks in the middle there, but my best hours are in the morning. Um, and basically the job of a motivational speaker is sales. Um, if you're a one or two man shop like I am. So every day I'm finding new people to reach out to, finding new leads, setting up automated email campaigns, setting those campaigns, responding to them and managing my sales pipeline in my CRM. Um, and then setting sales calls and doing those calls and calling people back and following up and so really it's um, my day-to-day is sales and then um, when I start to prepare for going on tour like I will in August it comes back to practicing my material you know creating content creating slides whatever I need to do to personalize my presentation Um, and then I still stay on the sales stuff and then when I leave I'll delegate out uh, my sales activities to my assistants um, so I can just speak when I'm on the road but most of my day is sitting down, sending emails. Very little of it is, is motivating anybody um, until I get on the road and then that's when I start doing the real
1: job. Yeah, I know some people think that you just show up there and speak for two hours or an hour and then you're done but there's so much groundwork before and I love that you're actually doing it and not just hiring it out. So that, that's super cool. Was that just something that you learned from having your business? Or is that something that – I know it sounds like you listen to a lot of audio books and, and read and that kind of thing. Would you just find that knowledge later on on the CRM and that kind of thing?
0: Yeah. So, so I did some some speaker trainings um, that help people grow their business. So I learned some of the tactics through that. But I'll have to say, like, I think you can teach – People had to do everything, and most people don't do it. And so, you know, the big thing for me was getting my marketing together, um, getting my website to a place where I felt really, you know, great about it, getting enough content up there because conversions in the beginning were were low, and I was, and I was reaching out to lower numbers of, of people um, and then not getting, you know, a lot of speeches, but I knew that my website wasn't great. So once I was able to upgrade it, I was able to kind of grow this system um, and I learned by, by doing, you know, and so I took some of the, the, the tools that i had seen in these um, different trainings, put them together in a system that worked for me and just started, started crushing it. But I think the biggest um, thing that I had to overcome to actually start marketing myself like that and become a full-time speaker was a fear of putting myself up out there, a fear of judgment and fear of criticism, a fear that my website wasn't good enough, my speech wasn't good enough, people weren't going to hire me. Um, that was pervasive for a while. But once I really got past that and now I'm willing to email anybody and I stand, you know, next to my content, um, it's allowed me to do a lot more on the system side um, because that is something that, um, that uh, is going to be required to reach the number of people I need to reach to, um, to be successful. Yeah, so um, some of them came through training. Then, you know, I really learned it, really putting that stuff into practice. And that's going to serve me well moving
1: forward. I definitely feel the fear. Uh, I I kind of have that with starting the podcast. I wanted to do it for so long, and I just I was scared of things totally out of my control. And it for me, it was just I had to start and, yep. and start recording. And once I I bought some equipment and actually just started doing it, a lot of the fear disappeared. For you, was reaching out? Is that how your fear disappeared just by doing, or did you have to go through any anything else?
0: Well, I mean, yes, I did. It was reaching out because when as soon as I put up content that I thought was good or that was I finally captured the speech that I needed to capture on film, I started booking, and that kind of changed everything. Because even though I personally believe I'm a great speaker, and I've heard you know um, from people that you you did a great job, um, whatever, I think there's still a little bit of insecurity when there's strangers who you've never you know kind of seen before. Um, people you've never met, people who don't know you, their first impression is just this website you put together. You know, like, is it good enough? Do they like the clip? Um, and so um, once people started responding well, I got some of the fear started to go away. Because I think the biggest fear is just a fear of rejection, right? Like, it's like, people are not going to want yeah. this. And then I think for me, it was a financial fear, right? Like, okay, I'm, I've put my entire life on the fact that people are willing to pay me to talk. So I need to <laughs> be... Be really uh, effective here. And so so those two things came together. But So that's how I, I pushed through. It was just, um, you know, as, as Dr. Lee would say, and I'm sure that you're going to have him or have had him on, um, you know, preparation uh, can kill your fear, right? And so I just started to know that I was prepared and I can reach out um, and people will like my stuff. And, yeah, so it's just been working. So it was just, you know, getting over it. I will say this, though. When early on, the first no's that I got back from people really hurt, you know. It was sad. I sent all these emails, then I got no's, and then I got scared to send more than one or two emails, and I was sending five, and I, you know. So those no's hurt, but it, you realize that they're not really rejecting you. They're rejecting your marketing, and so you just choose your, change your marketing, you know. And so fear can be overcome by, you know, having a solid product and a solid presentation.
1: The insecurities are something that is something that doesn't get brought up all the time. I, I feel like you see on social media, people just absolutely killing it. Your website looks awesome, but at the end of the day, there's still the nose still hurt. You're still a person, and and I think that's really good, especially for um, a lot of my peers were just getting out of, got of, out of college and going into the workforce, and you're gonna have nose for sure, yeah. and it's just it's, it's hard to, it's hard to accept that, but Mm -hmm. I think it's great to hear from someone else that, that knows do hurt, and I know you mentioned Dr. Lee, Dr. Lee was episode number four, super honored to, that he introduced me to you, and Dr. J. Rich introduced me to him, so there's just a, a chain of people, which is always cool, so now that we have a pretty good idea of where you are today and and you're speaking full-time focusing on your marketing for that could we go back to 2003 when you were 20 what were you doing then I know you said you studied at UC Davis
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. So you can go back to 2003 I'm glad you got the year um, yeah in 2003 actually I think this journey really just began because I was a college student I thought I wanted to go into politics I had just run for for um, ASUCD Senate at Davis, which is our student government. And so um, that was like the, the time that I started to come into myself uh, as, a, as a leader, as a person, and just kind of realized that I could do more than just, you know, screw around. Like, I mean, I, I was always smart, but I never stepped into a place of, hey, I'm going to take responsibility um, for change and teaching people and, and allow myself to be accountable to people. Um, in a way that I never had before. So running for public office was a big thing for me. And I won that election um, by a lot of votes. Um, you know, I think I won in the first round. So we had ranked choice voting, which means that you rank your candidates and you, they win in the round, in, the, in each round. So I won in, in the round of six, and I think that uh, nobody else won until the 12th round. So it was like a big victory for me. And I just remember looking back and saying, hey, man, You know, you've been an insecure guy for a while. You know, you have some false confidence. I mean, nobody would have thought I was insecure, but I knew I was. And here was this thing that allowed me to see that, hey, when I speak, uh, when I use my voice um, to impact people, um, to persuade people, or to inspire people, that works to the point where I didn't even know I wanted to do this thing, and I just won this huge election, you know? So that was the beginning of me saying, hey, I can do – Something big with my life and, and I don't have to sit in the shadows like I can step front and center and act and, and be okay with that so that was a huge year and actually 20 was, was, uh, was life-changing.
1: It sounds interesting it, you wanted to go into politics but the tool that you were using to go into politics was your speaking which is what you're doing now so even though you probably I imagine was public speaking even on the radar for you at that time? No
0: but it's funny because I wasn't, I didn't even really know public speaking as a career, like that doesn't wouldn't have registered for me, but politics essentially is public speaking, right? So I'm thinking about speeches that I'm going to have to give, connecting with voters, like the same type of things that, that help you just build rapport um, with an audience and that kind of stuff I had to do back then because I needed everybody to trust me. And so it, it definitely built the skill set. And then to run for office, we did 40 or 50 speeches. So we went to like all these clubs and did our presentation. We're lead, this is what we're about, this is our platform, this is what I'm running on, my background, et cetera. So we practice public speaking all the time as part of the process. So, yeah, I didn't didn't have it on my radar, but it was the key tool that we used to, you know, uh, share our message. And just to be sure, in 2003, Facebook was pretty new. We did have some campaign stuff on Facebook, but the engagement wasn't like, Facebook is today or like so it was harder to run like an online campaign. You really had to do a lot of person to person stuff.
1: And do you think that that it had to be person to person and maybe today since you could probably use um, maybe use of Facebook groups or different things within the schools and social media, do you think that it was actually better for you that you had to be person to person?
0: For me, absolutely. Yeah. That was that was great. If we were just sitting back with like a social media strategy, I wouldn't have really found my gift you know, and that is, that's what, that's what I found that year, you know, it was my gift. It was communication and connections. Those are the things that I'm, I've been endowed with and, um, that come naturally to me. And once I realized there was some value to that, I was just like, okay, how can I add value? What are the different ways in which I can add value with this gift? And I found so many different ways to do so. So, um, yeah, absolutely.
1: Communication and connection. I, I like that. that. That sounds like a great yeah. gift. And I guess that just uh, should encourage me as well to just try. I'm super comfortable in just sitting in, um, in social media and focusing on that, but maybe putting myself into different situations to try different things, and maybe there's different gifts that I haven't even ever explored. When you got into speaking, um, you said you were listening to a lot of like, different speakers and motivational things. What were you? Is there anything that really stands out as someone that maybe you leaned on a lot as motivation? Yeah,
0: Les Brown has a speech called You Gotta Be Hungry, which is about an hour long. Um, and I, um, I listened to that speech probably 10 times a day, depending on the day, like on my longest days when I was working 12, 14 hours a day. Um, I would listen to that speech again and again and again and again and again. And that's actually what helped me to realize what the gift was because he tells a story in the speech where he says there's a baseball team that's at the bottom of the league and new owner comes over and buys the baseball team. And he goes to the pitcher, and he says, tell me your best pitch. And the pitcher says, well, I've got a good fastball. I've got a good slider. I've got a good curveball. He said, no, tell me your best pitch. He says, well, I've got a good fastball. He says, okay, just develop your fastball. That's all I want you to do. And the next year, they went to the World Series. His point was that everybody has a fastball. Everybody has something that if they just develop it, if they just put everything they can, everything they have into that gift, that thing that they're already great at, that they can be the best in the world at it. And I had to ask myself, what could I be the best in the world at? You know, if this is, if, if, if this is true, if everybody has a gift that they can be the best at, what is it for me? And it was that thing that comes most naturally, right? That thing that people ask you to do all that time, all the time, Uh, for free, that thing that people are always encouraging you about, right? We all have it. And Bryce, if yours is not public speaking, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go try and find your gift. What it means is that you have to recognize what your gift is as it's been presented to you already. Because you've already experienced it. You've already been using it, right? And it's just saying, what has gotten me where I am? What are those qualities that people keep saying hey this is why i keep bringing you into this group this is why i keep bringing that circle because you've you've got it right there in front of you and a lot of people um don't want to do what comes easy because it comes easy but it comes easy at a basic level it's not easy at a level of mastery right so michael jordan was basketball came easy to michael jordan but to become michael jordan he had to put in a her a Herculean effort to get to that point, right? And so if if you identify it, it's not enough. It's identify it and then developing it. And and you really can go wherever you want in life. And so that's the thing that really got me from all that stuff. And and, and literally that portion of the speech is exactly why
1: I I decided to become a speaker. That sounds so introspective and interesting. Where where is that speech I, I listen to podcast all day at work. Sounds like you did as well before and I want to listen to that today. So where would I find that? It's just on YouTube. Yep, you Google Les Brown, you got to be hungry. Okay, I'm 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 listening to that today. Maybe and I know that you're speaking you're speaking a lot. Are you speaking to colleges um today?
0: Yeah, so most of my business is k 12 but I do do some college stuff as well. I started out in college um, as the primary um primary focus but a lot of opportunities showed up for me in K-12 and so that's a great area as well but um, yeah.
1: When it comes to that college age group is there anything I know after a, a speech a lot of times people come up to you or um, you can kind of really get a feel for for what's resonating with the crowd what kind of um, I don't know advice for struggles that maybe a college kid would have that you give or what do you what do you see as um, maybe the most important a tool for motivation, I guess, that you would use towards those college demographic?
0: Sure. The number one thing for me, for college students, is to have a bigger dream. It's a dream a lot bigger because I think that many of us, by the time we get to college, we're very intimidated by the institution of college, right? You show up from high school, some people from very small high school, and then you show up on potentially a very large college like UC Davis, and there's a culture shock, there's all these things um, that you have – give your attention to now and you're there for school but there's a lot of distractions a lot of challenges um, and obviously socializing and um, and then there's comparison and I think a lot of times people see how hard college is and then start to downgrade their vision for their life um, even though it wasn't high enough to begin with and so you know my number one thing for college students is that you're at the very very beginning of the process of building your life and it's going to take no more effort to build your ideal life than it will to build a mediocre life it's just about where you direct it and so if you direct everything you want towards your ideal life and you start now you start trying to manifest and create the exact things that you want like you will get them and so that's the first thing is not to be limited in what you think you can do because your potential is unlimited it's only limited by the amount of years you have on this earth and by your willingness to tap into it for its highest use. And so it's to understand that power that you're not some some kid trying to figure it out, that like you can decide what you want and just start moving towards it, and it will come towards you at a rapid pace. So if you can get clarity on your desires, uh, they will come a lot faster. And I wish... Um, I had been honest with myself at that age. Look, I'm, I'm happy with my story. It's a beautiful story. I'm glad I lived it. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to tell it. But I knew I wanted to do something different at a young age. I just started getting tracked towards what was safe, and I found a place where my skills were highly valued, um, and I stuck in that place instead of, instead of um, taking my skills and saying where can I provide the highest value um, and to myself and to the world, right? And that might have allowed me to find something like public speaking a lot earlier, and really do more with it. So um, go for what you really want, and and if you if you're really fired up about it, you're going to work hard to get it. And so um, that's the number one thing for college students for
1: me. That sounds like great advice, and and I agree. The intimidated by institution is so true I mean when I came to UNLV I, I kind of uh, I've never seen anything that that big at all and I, I didn't really know and I, I also think when it comes to student debt and stuff sometimes it's scary you you want to go right into a really secure and safe job that's the best option now but maybe isn't leading to what you actually want and, and it's important to have that, that big picture while still focusing on the daily the daily process of getting there so I know you said in your, your routine you meditate um, you exercise, you pray, are those all things that help you have the clarity of your desires and and is is that something that you implemented around that time when you decided that you wanted to travel and live by the beach and and not be on that traditional working schedule?
0: Yeah, so that is the first practice that I ever instituted with respect to actually having a a routine besides my my routine before which was, you know, drugs um, <laughs> is, um, was, uh, was gratitude. So that was the first thing, um, uh, doing gratitude and then um, getting comfortable where I was and then starting to build out this, this larger routine. And so um, the way I look at it is if you are waking up and getting to activities and you just jump right into um, tasks, then your attention is really on the activities. But when you meditate, And you pray and you visualize, you're putting all of your attention on your intention. And so everything that you've got, freshest in the morning, you're putting that into dreaming and visualizing about your goal. Um, And that helps you to get fired up about it. And when you visualize it, you know, you see yourself accomplishing it. So you go into the day with that juice of, like, I know why I'm doing this. I know why I'm here. There is no doubt for me, like, I'm gonna accomplish this goal, let's go, you know? And and then you go on your day. So that's definitely a key practice and it's, it's really, really, really um, been helpful for me. I think one of the key things I've been doing is the visualization, honestly, throughout this time. Um, without that, I think I would still just be kind of lost and I wouldn't know exactly what what I want and what it looks like. And since I know what it looks like, I knew, know what it is when it arrives, you know?
1: Yeah, and so are, you're focusing a set time every morning to do that? Cause I, I know like for me, I, I, I come from a sport background, so I, I definitely know how to visualize my next race, visualize myself winning a, a race in four years that I'm, I'm training for, mm-hmm. but I, I don't necessarily, I feel like I don't always, um, I, I have goals that I have career wise, but I don't always sit down and visualize. So are you daily like actually thinking about, um, that and that's what fires you up?
0: Yeah, I think about lifestyle. So what I think about is what am I creating? every single day, right? Because every day you're creating something with your thoughts. And mm-hmm. my goal is to be creating um, every day, exactly what I want. And there's multiple areas to that it's not just career or, 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 or business or personal, it's just looking at my, my what my I want my whole life to be overall. What's all this leading? towards, right, like I'm getting up every day and grinding, I'm working hard, I'm speaking. But for what I mean, obviously, to serve, but what's the long term game, right? Why is it worth it to go through this? Because, frankly, there's easier ways to make money um, (laughs) than being on the road all the time and and, and doing speeches. Um, But there's a reason that I want to do it that way, right? And so when I see that in the future, I see my ability to sell out large events. I see my ability to truly have time and money freedom, um, to spend time in nature, which is my number one thing. You know, I want to spend a month in Hawaii every year and, you know, spend time in Big Sur. And I don't want to have a life where I have to work as hard as I'm working now. I mean, it's almost like, you know, I'm putting in the work now so I can have more uh, freedom later. And so when I visualize that, I remember that, like, life is long and I'm creating something. And so today, whatever tasks I have to do today are tasks that I have a privilege of doing because they're creating something great for me in the future, you know. And so I'll do the long term and then I'll, I'll um, go to the, the medium term what does it look like in you know 15 years when everything is exactly where I want it to be, or 10 years, whatever that time frame is? There's really no time frame on it, but it's just a um, um, you know an idea of how long it might take. Um, and then coming back to like the, the the midpoint, and the last thing I do is visualize like the next 30 days and just how much I'm going to crush it, and the sales I'm going to make, and the speeches I'm going to be able to do. Um, and then I visualize the last thing I visualize is today. Like, okay, I'm going to get up, I'm going to leave here. And I'm going to eat this breakfast and I'm going to go to the coffee shop and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work, you know, for eight hours or whatever it is that I'm going, to, I'm going to do. And so by then, like the work feels like something I really want to get accomplished and I've already tied it to this vision. So I'm excited to go and knock this day out because I've already finished it in my mind and I just want to get to completion knowing that I'm closer to my goal, right? So that's the kind of impact that that morning, that morning practice has on you and I'm, I'm fired up all the time.
1: Interesting. Thanks so much for sharing that. It seems so practical and and yep. definitely easy for me to follow. So I'm, I'm gonna re-listen to this a few times and, and implement it into my life. It it's clearly working, and, and I'm sure it's worked for many people. I, I could have this conversation all day for sure. I, it fires me up, and I and I love it. But I don't want to keep you here forever. We're in that mid mid twenty minute mark, which which is where I love. It's perfect value. You could listen to it on your commute or or in a workout. Either I think it's just a nice bite sized piece of content. So if you could just leave with uh where would everyone contact you where could they follow you and uh if there's anything else that you'd like to add
0: yeah you can find me at uh at khalif off guy on instagram um also on linkedin not that i post a whole lot there uh instagram is really the best place it's at khalif off then my website's com. and um i think i'd like to leave you with leave you with um as 20 year olds uh who are trying to make it in this world is um, the give yourself more chances by saving. I'll say that um, I've gone all in a few times on business and come out well, um, but I would have had a lot more safety if I would have had some savings. So like when you can live um, cheap or live at home or live with roommates or whatever, and really start stacking money, but you can buy yourself opportunities in the future. And so if you're not sure what to do or where you're going, your number one goal should be like, let me build up a set of experiences, a bank of experiences, you might say, and, and actually my bank, so that when an opportunity comes that I want to um, take off on, I will have the, the ability to do it. Because um, most people who want to start a business, the, the biggest issue is they don't have any money and they can't go for three months or six months without um, income. you know. And if you can, then you can build stuff fast because you can put all your time into it um and yeah so just like get clarity and if you don't have it save a lot and um when that clarity comes you'll be able to move a lot faster towards it
1: great advice and one thing i want to just add to that quickly is I, when I, I started working, and, and now I'm working full-time, I, I love my job, actually, at the Speedway, at Dream Racing. It, it's something that I, I get fired up to go to every day, right. and I'm learning, and, and I love it. But I, I was so focused on... Um, I'm obviously planning on making more money than I'm making right now at, at 24 years old. And so in my head, I was like, once I make this higher level of income, I'm going to focus on saving then. But in reality, um, something that I, I, I've actually started focusing on this year was... Um, saving now and and you still can i mean i'm not killing it by any means but i'm living comfortably and i i so i downgraded my uh my my living i have four roommates now and and i'm able to to put money money aside every single month and maybe it's not that much um for me i just take a a percentage of my my paycheck personally and make sure that i'm saving that but it's I I wish I did that before. I mean, I've been working for many years and I, I never really focused on saving because I always thought I was going to make more money. But I think if I had that mindset, I, I probably would never start saving because I, I'm always going to want to make more money. So exactly. I just want to definitely leave that. Yeah. That's, that's
0: Those are good words. That's true. Yep. Start wherever you are. Just start.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you could. That helps me a lot. And I'm just really enjoying this. I, I have, These are some conversations that um, I don't think I would naturally just seek out, but I get so much value from. So uh, I hope it adds value to you, and thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. My pleasure.